It's dazzling. Enjoy it. I guess it's like driving a race car. You know, what's the point of having one if you're going to do 35? What's the ceiling for this guy? And every time I think in my mind I have a ceiling, he starts pushing it up a little bit. Yeah. This is my hometown, so I'm glad to be back. Cliff is currently wearing a Carson Wentz jersey (laughs) as we're taping this podcast. Welcome into the lounge. The lounge is on the road this week. We are out of Owings Mills and into Philadelphia. And the lounge is also a little bit different in the sense that there's only two members, tried and true members, this week, two grinders in Philadelphia. It's myself and Clifton Brown who are here in Philly covering team practices, uh, two days of work. We just finished up the second practice leading into Thursday night's preseason game at Lincoln Financial. So, Cliff, uh, you got to hold it down because Mick didn't make the trip. Big shoes to fill, but, uh, you know, this is my hometown, so I'm glad to be back. Cliff is currently wearing a Carson Wentz jersey as we're taping this podcast. <laughs> I told everybody, uh, actually, Jerome Brown was my favorite okay. Eagles jersey, but uh-huh. uh, I've had I've changed my ways. Uh, Ravens fans uh, down here with the Ravens, covering the Ravens, focusing on the Ravens. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think they've looked very good in these joint practices. Um, that's the way the NFL seems to be going now. More and more teams are doing these joint practices feel like there's a lot of benefit to them for both sides and again this has been another example you hear the comments of John Harbaugh and <clears throat> excuse me any coach you talk to who does these uh joint practices Doug Peterson said the same thing about the Eagles they feel like they got a lot of good work done it was really hot both days to me these are two hottest, hottest practices of the entire preseason training camp Whatever, just oppressive heat. So the guys who... This was almost just a throw your clothes away when you get back to the hotel room situation. <laughs> you were drenched. I have a lot of respect for the guys on both sides who went through both of these practices. It was really physically grueling. And even, I mean, not to compare standing there watching practice, but it's like impossible to find shade. <laughs> you know, like I'm out of a master. I was able to find a little bit today, but it's kind of hard to find shade out here on these practice fields. There's no trees. You're just standing in there baking in the sun. And we were looking, trust me. Oh, I was looking. <laughs> I was looking. Uh, so before we really dive into Philly practices, uh, some we got some audio questions. Now, Cliff, uh, I don't know that you've gotten this yet, but last week we tweeted out a picture and we talked about it on the podcast with Chris Borb. We got new lounge t-shirts. Mm. You've seen them. I've seen them, have not... Had the pleasure of actually touching one. Oh, but I've seen them. You want one? Yeah, I want one. <laughs> we need to get you one. <laughs> we need we need to get you one. Uh, so we, what we said for fans is that if you want one, uh, all you need to do is email the show, which is the lounge at ravens.nfl.net, and you have to include a good audio question, a good one. Can't just be any run of the mill question. I see. So we need some good questions, and we got a couple. Okay. So we're gonna kick off, kick things off with this question from Kevin Avery. Hey guys, kudos on keeping it fresh at the lounge. I have a twofer for you today. First an IPA recommendation and then a question. So if you're trying to minimize your carb belly, try Slightly Mighty by Dogfish. 95 calories and 3.5 grams of carbs. It's like ultra, except it tastes like beer. Now for the question. We've heard about a revolutionary O. So how do you expect the Ravens will manage two seemingly conflicting goals? Practicing it, and yet keeping it under wraps. They didn't do too much in front of the fans during camp. 
preseason games are a lot of bread and butter stuff. Will there be closed sessions where there's no media present? Or what's the plan, do you think? First of all, thanks for the beer suggestion. <laughs> you know, we're always down to have a good beer suggestion, so I appreciate that, Kevin. Good looking out. Uh, the second thing I would say is, is it going to be difficult to develop this revolutionary offense when you've got a bunch of prying eyes? This is not uh, – I don't think it will be. This is not anything new. I mean, all teams hide – you know, what they really want to do during the preseason. They never show you everything. You may get more from some teams than others. So this is not new. When we're not under the observant eyes and in times when they are not on the practice field, they're doing a lot of preparation now for what you're going to see week one. So I don't think it's going to be that difficult for the Ravens to be ready for week one. I think the test is going to be how they week to week make certain adjustments adjustments in this brand new offense. Will they be as diverse as they want to be and consistently able to change it up week week and week, week after week to keep teams off balance? That's what they want to do. I think they have more weapons this year to be able to do that. I'm as excited as Ravens fans to see what this offense looks like. Uh, it's really going to be interesting. Yeah, like I, I think that they're they're working out their new offense in these practices. And I think part of the reason, definitely part of the reason that they do these joint practices with teams who they're not going to play during the regular season, there's a reason for that. Like, you don't, if, if they wouldn't be doing these joint practices with the Miami Dolphins, so they're going to be playing week one. Absolutely not. It just doesn't make sense. And, but if you go against the Eagles team, they don't see the Eagles this year unless it's in the Super Bowl. Right. So if you get a couple of days of work and they take some ideas after seeing you, got, seeing you in action. So what? So what? That's not going to win. That's not going to decide a Super Bowl and you got to get there first. So, right. um, I, I do I do feel like there may be some things that they sort of hold back in very public settings. Like the media has been able to watch practice over the past three weeks. Yep. Media open viewing time is done. Today was the last day that you're going to be able to be out there for the entire in, entire practice. That's right. And so now, if there's anything you're holding back, now's the time. Here it comes. And I and I definitely think in the preseason games, Greg Roman's talked about this. Lamar Jackson's talked about this. It's pretty vanilla compared to what we're going to see in the regular season. Yeah. There's no upside to showing your hand. But, um, again, this is not new. The intriguing part for the Ravens is this is a new offense. I think it will look, in a lot of ways, different than what they did with Lamar last year. They didn't have these weapons, and Greg Roman was not the offensive coordinator. So, between those two changes, yes, they want to try some new things, think they'll be successful, and it's really going to be interesting. I think that the rest of the league, looking at the Ravens, the comparison they're making is to when Roman was in San Francisco, Kaepernick is his quarterback. Uh, I think opponents are going to go off of that blueprint to try and defend the Ravens early. And then, of course, once they put regular season games on film, they'll make adjustments to whatever the Ravens are doing, and then the Ravens are going to have to counter-adjust. So, again, I'm really – I haven't been this excited to see a Ravens offense, frankly, in a while because I, I like the the playmakers they brought in. Um, obviously, Lamar's skill set as a quarterback uh, is really different to me than any other quarterback playing right now. So it's it, entirely different. Yeah, it's really going to be fascinating. Uh, and the Ravens have bought all in. I think they've approached this exactly the right way. They have a unique player, and they're tailoring their offense around him rather than asking him to adjust to something that maybe doesn't get the best out of him. Mm -hmm. They're giving Lamar, I think, every chance to get the best out of Lamar. And then now, of course, he's embracing it as well. He loves it. Uh, He feels totally jacked that they're going this way. 
So I think everybody's just really geared up to see it. Let's make it happen. I think everybody on the team has been energized, offensive and defensive. We've talked before about how players just gravitate towards Lamar. I don't know if it's his magnetic personality and how likable he is. I think a big part of it is that he just impresses his teammates in terms of what he can do on the field. Yes. Like there's just respect for it. People look at it and they're like, there aren't many people in the world who can do what you just did. And I respect that. Um, He's got an incredible ability to talk with any guy on the roster and make them feel like they're significant um, and that he cares and that he's here as a team guy does not strike me as a me guy. I say all of that just to basically build up to say that I feel like the entire team is energized around him in a way that I, I don't know that I've seen in a while. And so that's that's pretty exciting. What's also interesting is, and I do want to talk about Eagles practices because we haven't spent too much time talking about that, but okay. I, I do feel like when you are looking at Lamar, Ryan and I were actually talking about this, the game on Thursday night against the Packers, he has that run, and everybody was dazzled by it. I think we probably watched it 50 times, <laughs> replay, replay 50 times. You know, like, everyone's dazzled by that play. You can hear the oohs and ahs in the crowd. The... Aaron Rodgers is coming up to Lamar after the game and talking about it. But the other part of what he's saying is slide, mm-hmm. get down. And everybody's like, you're just almost scared. You're waiting for like the other shoe to drop because people are nervous that he's going to get hurt. But like, I, my thing is just enjoy it. Right. Enjoy it. Like he hasn't been hurt. Yeah. It's not like this is a guy who's had like this long history of injuries and you're going to say, man, it's only, it's going to happen any day now. I understand the running quarterback thing and all that. But like he hasn't been hurt. He's incredibly exciting to watch. He makes a run like that. He doesn't get touched because he's impossible to catch. And it's dazzling. Enjoy it. I guess it's like driving a race car. You know, what's the point of having one if you're going to do 35, you know? So yep. he's a race car. Uh, also, yeah, the point about he does not, him not getting hit. I mean, you can't. If Lamar Jackson sees you coming, it's extremely hard to lay a, a blast on him. You know, he, you can't line him up. And I think instead of getting so caught up in how many times he runs the ball, people should think about more about how often do you see this guy take a punishing blow. Mm-hmm. Um, if you run the ball 10 times a game and barely get touched, who cares that you ran it 10 times a game? If you yeah. ran it twice a game and get jackhammered both times, that's a problem. Right. So, of course, you know, you can't say he's not going to get injured, that there's going to be times where he puts his body at risk. But the upside, I think, is way higher than just running around scared. And he's not going to play scared, no matter what anybody thinks. This is what he's been doing all his life. Uh, He has the green light. I just think it'll be fascinating in in game-winning situations, third quarter, fourth quarter. I think those are the times where he may throw caution to the wind because he's such a competitor and wants to win so badly. Yeah, and, and like, the, beyond that, now the Ravens have an exciting player. Yes, like, they, they have an exciting player. How many times have you seen Twitter comments or questions from reporters or hearing from the fan at the bar? We need playmakers. We need playmakers. The, the, the playmaker word has been brought up so many times over the past five, six, seven years. Now you got one. Like, Lamar might be the biggest playmaker in the NFL. Right. That's a, that's a real thing. And so you got it, and so you build around it, and then you just enjoy it. Right. And, I mean, you and I are both really high on Lamar. We're not just homers in that because we say that, but right. we, we are high on him. Um, I thought in watching these couple practices with the Eagles, 
I thought that they were a good test for him to go up against a defense in a tough practice atmosphere. Thought he was sharper on Tuesday than he was on Monday. Um, had a lot of success early in practice, seven on seven drill, kind of slicing and dicing a little bit. Got Miles Boykin really involved, which I liked a lot. I thought Boykin, and this, we'll talk about Boykin in Hollywood in a second, but um, I, I liked what I saw from Boykin. Um, what Lamar has to avoid are the turnovers. Yes. Because this is not going to be an offense that gets the ball, isn't going to run 80 plays a game because it's more of a ball control offense. You've got a really good defense. And so your snaps are going to be a little bit more limited. So your possessions are exponentially more important. So you can't turn them over. You can't give up possessions. He did throw an interception late on a forced pass. He thought he was. He thought the whistle was right. was blown. So right. maybe that doesn't happen in the game. But to me, like those are the things. If he can avoid the, the fumbles, which he has in practice, that's not been an issue that we've seen. He's not getting hit, but right. but but the unforced errors we haven't seen. No, right. avoid the fumbles, avoid the interceptions, and. That is going to be a recipe for success. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, with the Justin Tucker factor, they cross the opponent's 40. Yeah, you can't turn it over. You're basically giving away three points if you turn it over then. Um, they need to get better in the red zone, which he's talked about. I think all this work. Which is crazy. Like, I don't, it's crazy to me that they're not great in the red zone. With him down there and his ability to be a running threat, I would think they would score every time they get down there. You know what? I agree with that, Garrett. And I've thought about this trying to figure it out. Maybe the windows are tighter for him as a runner near the goal line. Yeah. Maybe he's easier to box in at the goal line. We we know it's tougher for quarterbacks to find open windows to throw to in the in the red zone. Maybe it's maybe the windows are tighter for him also as a runner. So for for whatever reason, they need to be efficient in the red zone. But I think all this work he's getting, like these last two days of joint practice, all the work he's got in this offseason has really been good for Lamar because he has made mistakes. He has improved. And I think the entire learning every day to me, and definitely every week, you can see it to me. You can see it visually from week to week, him getting better. He's better now than he was in OTAs. Yeah. Uh, he's better to me now than he was when training camp started. So imagine if he's better week 11 than he is week four. Right. That's what you really want to see. Yeah, yeah. And I just really think that when I've watched these first two preseason games, you have to be, you have to feel good about the way that the offense has looked. He's split, had five drives and got one touchdown and, and two field goals. Right, only one three and out. The others have been scoring drives. Right. So I think, yeah, he's four for five. Three field touchdown, goals, one touchdown. touchdown. Right. And should have had another touchdown. You right. did have another touchdown, but it came back because right. of the block, the block right. call. Um, and, and that's, you know, kind of a, a penalty that's going to be policed a little bit more by officials this year. I think that it was, was the right call, but it was. Right, said it was the right call. Right. But, but it's going to be policed a little bit more, so that's a little bit new. So, you know, don't fault Willie too much for no, that. No, he's trying to make a play. Right. Um, all right, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some, some other guys who are new. Hollywood Brown. Miles Boykin. Okay. I've already brought up Boykin, who I thought looked really good. Right. Hollywood, what is like a realistic expectation for him at the start of the season? I really think that, that he can be on the field in some packages, obviously be a threat to make a, a big play, because as soon as he steps on the field, he's a threat to make a big play. And either do that or the threat of his speed opening up things for other receivers. 
But I do think it's at this point it's going to be really difficult for him to be early in the season, the first one, two, three games, to be out there 55, 60 snaps. Uh, he may not even have the stamina for that. Right. I don't think they want to risk the foot that way and put that kind of stress on him. And I don't, I'm not sure because he spent such little time on the field that he's comfortable running all the plays that they want to do with him eventually, getting to those plays. Well, John Harbaugh basically said that exactly. on, on Monday here in Philly. basically said, early in the season, we're going to ha- we're gonna know how to use him in terms of the routes they runs. And he just said, in addition to the knocking off the rust and getting used to playing again and, and getting fully healthy, that like he just has to learn you know, where to line up and how to be out on the field and snap counts and all that stuff at the right. NFL level because you haven't been – I know he's been in meetings. He's been on the sidelines, but there's Hasn't no – the field. <laughs> there's no substitute. <laughs> where the games are played. Right, right. I spend a lot of time on the sidelines too, but I can't make any plays, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I guess maybe a musician who's rehearsed a lot but never – then he's a live concert. It's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hasn't been on the big stage with the Ravens. He hasn't been healthy enough. Right. So, yeah. So, I think early it's going to be slow. Boykin, though, looked really good early in training camp. Had a good start to the preseason. Good first game. Second game, quiet. One target. No catches. Really quiet second game. Uh, Then he missed some time. Missed a couple days of practice. Then gets back out of practice. Starts making plays again. Lamar Jackson clearly likes him. Said he's going to be a really big asset this year. Good receiver. So, I feel like... You know, while, while Hollywood hasn't been on the field yet, you knew there was a possibility of that. I mean, the guy's coming off a of list, Frank, so yes. it's not like a shock. Serious injury. It's right. not a shock that he's not 100% on the field running every rep right August, now. Right. right. But you have to feel good about the third-round pick and Boykin. And could you see it being – could you see Boykin on the field first play week one with sure. the starters? I could. Sure. He has, he has practiced enough to earn that well enough for sure. Uh, in the games, he hasn't been as as impressive as he has been during the practices. But that doesn't mean that he can't do that, that he can't when the games – I'm not convinced that the games are too big for him. Uh, it's a very small sample size, but the way he practices, his size, his intelligence, and as you said, the chemistry that he seems to have built quickly with Lamar reminds me of the chemistry that he built quickly with Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are a lot of similarities in that aspect that he's a guy that Lamar likes to throw to, and he's a big target. Uh, Lamar, I think he feels good. When Mark Andrews is is running a pattern, Lamar feels good about what's going to happen. Yes, he should. (laughs) Yes. I think he feels that way, and he should in practice with Boykin. And I think once that translates to the game, then, yeah, you'll see success. Is Boykin or is Mark Andrews – going to be the most dangerous player on this offense not named Lamar Jackson he could be I mean there's also Mark Ingram who I think yes. is going to have a huge season I agree but is it going to be Mark Andrews because I feel like there's a chance he's been incredible all summer long he's making plays every single time in here in Philly like new atmosphere every time like the stakes get raised a little bit Jacksonville comes to town the Ravens go and practice with the Philly Andrews just shows up and makes plays, making a one-handed catch today, making toe-tapping grabs along the sidelines uh, in the end zone for touchdowns. I mean, 
he just makes plays every single time he gets an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, like I've, I've liked Mark from the beginning since he first got here. That's just because he's a good quote. He is a great quote. He's a really good guy, but <laughs> it's like, okay, this guy's a good player. That's what I was thinking last year. He's, he's, he's better than a third-round draft choice. Then I'm like, okay, what's the ceiling for this guy? And every time I think in my mind I have a ceiling, he starts pushing it up a little bit Yeah, more. I mean, everyone knows, you know, okay, he was a good receiving tight end as a rookie. Now he's bigger, stronger. Somehow he looks a little faster than he did last year. He's definitely improved his blocking. He definitely feels, to me, even more comfortable in the offense after a year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, a lot of people thought the thing, you know, one of the things you really like about Mark is he's just, man, he's just a, he's got an edge, man, like. He'll spike it, it in your face. Yeah, yeah. He like he almost wants you to talk trash to him <laughs> to get him pumping. He's ready. He's always ready for that. It seems to fuel him. He's he's very competitive. And to me, last year he was one of the first guys. He and Willie Sneed of guys who have come back this year are two of the receivers who really felt like this whole receivers don't want to play with Lamar thing was a bunch of crap. I said, man, if you're a competitor. You should love playing with this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he throws the ball well enough to give you a chance to go make a play. He can make plays himself. I love playing with this guy. Like, Mark's like, I don't know what people are talking about. Yeah. No, I don't want to play Lamar. Like, <laughs> right, well, right. what are you talking about? Yeah. Right. I I, I totally agree. Uh, all right. Defense, when I was watching these practices, one thing where I feel like it's still a big question is pass rush. Like, that's one thing. The guys who are taking the first-team reps right now, Judon, obviously, and then Pernell McPhee. Pernell McPhee looks like he's going to be the week one starting outside linebacker. Does look that way. And play a lot. Not just as like a, Not just as a first-down guy. Situational run defender. Right? It, it looks like he's going to play a lot. Right. And then behind, it's still, I think, very wide open. I think Tim Williams has shown flashes, but that's been kind of his story. Uh, Tyus Bowser's been kind of quiet. Um, you know, today he was off to the sidelines a little bit. I don't know if he tweaked something or what, but uh, he wasn't going through all the reps. Shane Ray, former first-round pick. The Ravens signed him this offseason. Uh, looks like he's healthy. He, he has missed a little bit of time, and now he's healthy. But he's still right now, like, working with the third team. It's not like he's taking most of, mostly first-team reps. He's working a lot with the third team. Jalen Ferguson. Jalen Ferguson. Last yeah. some, but, you know, he's a rookie. You know it was going to be kind of a transition to this level unfair to me great if he came in and got you know eight sacks but kind of unfair to me to even expect that from Jalen as a rookie even though he he is talented and and may get to that level at some point so yes no one has stepped up in my opinion and said hey you know I'm the guy opposite Judon who's going to bring the uh, the brush from the other side I mean this is like, you know, penthouse comparison. But, you know, I was watching the Broncos last night. I mean, Bradley Chubb, man. Yeah. Destroying people. Right, right. Then, then you got Vaughn Pillow on the other side. They, they don't have an issue there. Okay? <laughs> yeah. They're set. <laughs> right. Now, you know, again, that's, that's, that's a high bar. But, yes, Judon, you know, is the guy coming back who has, has the pedigree and the numbers to prove, hey, I can get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who's going to help him or who collectively are going to help. It doesn't have to be one guy. It doesn't have to be the same guy every week. But, yes, I think that uh, the whole coaching staff, Wink Martindale in particular, they want to see in this game uh, coming up, and then obviously once the season starts, consistency off that other side. Because if not, yeah, you, you can scheme up 
pressure on quarterbacks. And the Ravens have a lot of guys in the secondary who are very good blitzers. But again, that leaves the opportunity for the other quarterback to exploit the opening that you're leaving. They want to generate it with four rushes. Right. And then with the way they can cover, that's just such a big key for the Ravens too because you know they can cover people. Their now, secondary is excellent. Right. If you're blitzing though, your 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 secondary, if they're out on an island, should yep. be able to handle it. Yep. Marlon Humphrey can handle being on an island. I Jimmy agree. Smith can handle being on an island. I agree. And if you're looking at somebody who can cover the back end of the defense to be the ball, ball hawk, Earl Thomas can do that. Yes. So – you know, if you take a bit of a hit on the pass rush side, mm-hmm. you should be able to help offset that by blitzing and by having guys that can cover really well. That may be That's a, the hope. That's the hope and the that expectation. That may be the blueprint. That may be the blueprint. But, yeah, you know, you asked about the pass rushers. Right. And, right. I mean, I think to be fair, yeah, they still would like to see whoever or whomever's come on and, you know, really deliver that. Because that could really put them over the top. Imagine if they have a pass rush with this secondary mm-hmm. that they have without blitzing. Right. And then this defense, which was number one in the league last year, could be right there again. That could be a nightmare. Al- also, teams, yep. uh, also, when you consider the fact that the defense may not be on the field all that much because the offense should be holding the ball 40 minutes a game. That's the game plan. That That's that's the <laughs> ideal situation. All right, right. Before we go, we want to do another fan question. Again, you guys can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. This question comes from across the pond, Lee Crawl. Here's the question from Lee. Hey, guys. So uh, a few quick questions. Who have you seen around the facility as unsung heroes? For example, McPhee has been mentoring young pass rushers. Uh, Secondly, will that T-shirt be making its way over to Scotland? Did you know that it's international, Cliff? International listeners for the lounge. Man. You're You're Mr. Worldwide now. Hey. Where's my passport, baby? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so unsung heroes on this team. Pernell McPhee, we just spent a good amount of time talking mm-hmm. about him. I think that, that's that's a good name. Um, I'll give you an interesting unsung hero. Sam Cook. Mm, very clever. I like that. You know, punter, so obviously not a sexy position, but his ability as a holder is remarkable. He, can, he might have the best hands on the team. He can snag anything, and usually it's right there because Morgan's a really good snapper, but if it's off at all, like Sam is a wizard at snatching that ball, getting it, getting it down, getting the laces turned, and then Tucker puts it up through the uprights. Like Sam is a very valuable piece of his team. He is. Um, he is. He's an unsung hero. He is, and it's not just, as people know, it's not just the strength of his leg as a punter. The different various punts he can get off his foot, the way he can pin teams down, keep guys from returning. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on the occasions when they run a, run a chick play, he has a heck of a arm. He does. Yeah, he's, every pass that he's thrown has been complete, I believe. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. He's an athlete. You know, he's, he's a punter. They don't get credit all the time for being an athlete. Sam Cook, he's definitely an athlete. Yeah. Anyone else? Any other unsung hero that we're missing? I mean, you know, Anthony Levine, to me, he's talked about so much as being unsung. He's almost not unsung anymore. <laughs> That's he's true. Not, he's kind of saying Secret's his, out. Right, exactly. It's out. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to say this year, uh, a guy who could be unsung is Nick Boyle. Ooh, uh, all right. All and right. also Patrick Ricard, although he's starting to get sung too. But I think Nick Boyle, the two other tight ends, we've already talked about Andrews, and Hayden Hurst, too, a, a flashier type guy. Yeah. But the Ravens still want to be a team, I think, uh, particularly as it gets later in the season, they can just be more physical than you. And that's where a guy like Boyle, with his ability to block 
He also has become a better receiver, but, you know, his ability to block, Ricard's ability to block, Ingram and Edwards, their ability to to break tackles, that's a team I think they want to be that, you know, here, even if you know what's coming, you can't stop it. And that, that is when you can demoralize teams. When you, they know you're going to run it, and you run it, and you gain yards anyway. And a yeah. guy like Nick Boyle, who's been here a while, who, you know, people, that was another offseason, you know, signing, you know, that maybe didn't get a lot of attention, but the, the Ravens really feel that he's a crucial guy. And I think he also has helped in the development of those two young tight ends. He is a really good guy to have in that room, comes to work hard every day, um, wants to be a complete player. He's been a really good mentor for Andrews and Hurst. Yeah. So to both Lee and Kevin, thank you so much for the audio questions. Uh, We will be getting lounge T-shirts sent your way, and uh, we'll keep the hotline open for anyone else that's trying to get their hands on some of this sick merchandise. (laughs) Again, the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. The game Thursday night here in Philadelphia. Cliff and I will be there to cover it. Kicks off at 7.30 p.m. Uh, You can watch it in Baltimore uh, on WBAL. We also have a number of affiliates and markets across the across Maryland and Virginia, Washington, D.C., Roanoke, uh, all over the place. And then if you're beyond that, you can watch on NFL Game Pass. If you're trying to watch the game, you live in Texas, you're just trying to say, how can I watch the game? Check out NFL Game Pass. That will allow you to watch the game. Uh, so all kinds of different options. So uh, that's it for us. Cliff, thank you so much for filling in. Anytime. And we, uh, we got a big guest in the works for next week. So that's a teaser. Ooh. Yeah. No, you don't want to miss that now. You do not want to miss that. That's it's right. going to be somebody that uh, we've spent a little bit of time talking about this offseason. Uh, so stay tuned next week. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>